Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. You're listening to the Cricket Collective on Talksport 2. I'm Neil Manthorpe, and today, as always, I'm joined by my great mate, former England fast bowler Steve Harmison, the legend. To look back on England's 3 1 Test Series defeat to India, we'll discuss why England's batsmen underperformed, debate whether the rest and rotation policy is working, and we'll also hear from both camps. As well as that, we'll also speak with former England batsman and a part of our commentary team on TalkSport 2, Mark Butcher, to get his take on the tour. There's plenty to discuss. You're listening to The Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2. Well, we've had the weekend to look back and digest what uh, what happened to England. It all started so promisingly in the first Test match in Chennai when Joe Root uh, led England to a wonderful opening series win. But I think uh, Harmy and I both predicted before the series that it would be 3-1. Well, I did. Anyway, I couldn't explain why I thought England would win a Test match, except that I thought that they might sneak the day-night game. Uh, and that wasn't to be. They got uh, hammered in that one, as they did in uh, in all three uh, uh, Test matches after the opening one. Harmy, you also went 3-1, didn't you? Or did you? were you a 4-1 man? No, I was a... Good, 4-0, I mean. Good morning, manners. Yeah, good morning, everyone. I was a, a 4-0-er on breakfast because I was trying to explain to Alan Brazil and Ali McCoy how difficult it is to play in India and said it wouldn't surprise me if it was 4-0 and then I've been abused when ever since they won the first Test match. But then I, I did say there is there is a Test match I think England could win and it would be like you, the day-night game. But um, these are so good at their own back garden. They are, they really are. And England proved that it, it is a tough place to go and tour, not just to play. Um, to stay in the game but win and when you look back at it over the course of the four test matches there was times where England had a foothold in most of the games um, and if an umpire's call had gone with um, 
uh, given out. Yeah, but a, mm. a umpire's call had given been given out is supposed to not out, um, which means you stay on the field with the umpire. There's a couple of occasions where England would have had themselves right in the Test match if not winning. So there's a lot to look at. There's a lot to discuss. Rotation, you can say whatever, but I think over the course of the, te- the Test series. England, uh, India just played better. England, India had better players who played better cricket, um, and they, they deserved a win. It's very seldom that you look back at a Test match over the course of five days and say that if that dismissal or if that moment had gone the other way, then the result would have been different. Yeah. I mean, it, it normally over the course of well two days, I suppose, <laughs> in the case of the third Test. But you know, over the course of a Test match, and certainly over the course of a four-match series. You, you very, very rarely look back and say that that was the wrong result. Oh, no, it was definitely not the, the, the right result because you've still got to go uh, go ahead and finish the game. But when uh, when you look at where England were during, just, just for instance, a few days ago, tea time on day two, um, England, yes, they only had 205 on the board, but they were, they had, I think they had um, India 144 six. Rishi Pant 33, I think he was, when LBW came, mm. it was given not out. It stayed with the on-field umpire, umpire's call. You know, you get Rishi Pant there. England going that that first innings with the lead, so you you just don't know what's going to happen. But these were the things that were going against uh, England. Um, and by the way, I'm not making any excuses for that because I thought the umpires during this test series were absolutely fantastic I thought they really were I thought that both you know the the, the two guys on the field both uh, in all four games had good games it was just the rub of the green marginal calls just didn't quite go in England's favour but that wasn't because that's the results got nothing to do with that really I mean, this is a theme that's going to recur throughout the next hour um, England's rest and rotation policy and also um, the priority that test cricket should command. I mean, you were frustrated at the beginning of the series um, that uh, the likes of Joss Butler was sent home after the first Test match. I mean, they go one nil up, and Joss Butler is sent home, and um, for you know, I'm not unwillingly uh, as part of the rest and rotation policy. But then, a couple of days ago, after the series, um, Chris Silverwood confirmed that England's IPL contracted players would complete the whole of the tournament. Um, and if that meant missing the first or even both test matches, which will open the series against New Zealand in the summer, um, then then so be it. Uh, and, you, you know, I know that that would have made your heart sink. It made my heart sink. You know, you just want test cricket to be the priority. But interestingly, a couple of days ago, in the aftermath of the series, um, the England's head coach strongly denied the, the suggestions that, this test tour ha- uh, wasn't a priority for England. No one took this series lightly. I can promise you that. Absolutely not. We came here wanting to win this. Uh, you know what I mean? And we we went hard in that first test and won it. Uh, and then India came back hard in the in the last three tests. And it's a very difficult place to come here and win, uh, as we've seen time and time again. History tells us that. You know, I mean, not just for England, but for other countries as well. But don't for one minute think that we didn't take. The, I mean, we took this series lightly because we didn't. We wanted to come here and win. Uh, but we knew it was going to be tough. It's interesting, actually. They, I mean, nobody accused them of taking it lightly. Nobody said that they weren't trying. No, nobody ever for a moment thought that. Um, you know, and there have been moments through history where you thought, are they really giving it everything? There is no question whatsoever that, uh, that England's players didn't give it everything. But he doesn't, he actually stops short of saying it was our priority, doesn't he? He doesn't actually go there. 
No, he doesn't go there. And I think that there's a lot of talk, there's a lot being talk manners about this wrestling rotation policy. And people are like, well, you know, taking it lightly, prioritising one-day cricket, um, prioritising um, the, well, the white ball legs of, of, the, of, of the next nine months. That what, what people are misunderstanding, the former England players and players who have been around the block a while and broadcasters, is we're not saying we're not, they're not taking it lightly. We're not saying they're not trying to win the series. We're trying to say when you try and pick a test team and build a test team and have a successful test team, it comes on continuity. It comes on, and, and I can go back through, you know, man, as you were, you, you, you've seen that, that, that great England side from 2005 go to South Africa the, the, the winter before to be the first team since apartheid to win a series in South Africa. That come off the back of winning all seven test matches in England the summer, during, that, during the summer before that and winning in Bangladesh and the West Indies before that. That culminated in 2005. 2008, I think eight or nine, without that, I'm just talking about my experiences, when we got beat, 50, we got beat off the West Indies, 51 all out, to then winning the Ashes in 2009. That team was built off the back of continuity, selection, players understanding each other's role, winning games. Now, if you, you use... 25 players and a 20 odd players in a in a four test match series because you've sent four lads home. Sorry, it it it, it just it, it's not gonna they're not gonna be successful and gonna win especially if you're gonna do it throughout the summer. Don't get me started on the IPL stuff because I think that's just completely and utterly wrong. Nothing against the players, Stokes, Butler, Archer. If the Rajasthan get to the final, they'll miss the first test match. That's got to be a decision from higher above. That's outside their pay grade. This has got to be a higher above decision, right, lads? No problem. You can play in the whole. You can play in all of the IPL, but you have to be back by four days before the first Test match. That's it. We are playing for England. It's not the dog and duck. It's England cricket team, and that that for me, I, I just don't like that. And I'm not knocking the players for doing it because the financial rewards are to, at the end of it. That's fine, but the ECB had to be stronger on that because Test match cricket, or sorry, international representative cricket must come before anything else. If you want to retire, retire. If you want to play cricket for England, you play cricket for England. I suppose it's the COVID situation as well, isn't it, with quarantine, etc. Yeah. So they, you know what? I mean, if uh, if they if the team gets to makes it to the knockout stage of the IPL, then come back, do you ten days quarantine? And you know, do you, do you want the three lions on your chest? Do you if you're being picked to play Test cricket, and and, and by the way, you're on a, a very lucrative central contract, um, which means that uh, you are available for all England internationals. Mm. So, just, sorry, sorry, man. Just mm. before finish on this one, we talked about prioritising and we talked about taking things lightly. And you mentioned it. And you made a great point right in the opener. We're not for one minute saying England um, are, are are not trying. But when Chris Silverwood says to me that you know, we we did not doing our best to try and get the best for everything that goes, we have sent we have sent Josh Butler, Moen Ali, and Johnny Bairstow home. All three of them have had very, very good experiences in India. We send, we send Butler home after winning the first test, he misses the next three. Josh Butler's played a lot of cricket in India. Mo and Ali the same, three and four, and Johnny Bairstow missed the first two. All play, yes, they play IPL cricket, but they've, had their, they've, they've played in India multiple times. So when, somebody, when Chris Silverwood tells me that we, we, are, we, we, we're prioritising everything and we're trying to get the best, that's not the best. That's not... Because what you're doing is you're sending three experienced players home who have had 
um, a very good experiences playing in that country. And I'm sorry, you know, they can sugarcoat or whatever they like. I'm another, I'm another voice banging the same drum, and it's. Uh, I, I don't believe this rest and rotation policy is geared up to help the Test match team. On one hand, we're talking about uh, the analysis of what went wrong in India and, and the results of the matches. But in, in another sense, we're talking on a much broader spectrum here um, about policy going forward because Chris Silverwood has also said that the rest and rotation policy may well continue. In fact, he, he strongly intimated that it would continue going forward towards the Ashes and then during the Ashes. And I, just a strong part of me, and this maybe comes from personal experience of being on the road for, for many decades myself, Sometimes I think uh, I, I, I think I, I I might prefer just to keep going until I've had enough. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like I just look. I want to keep playing. I want to stay here. I want to keep going. And and if I reach a point where I can't take it anymore, then I'm going to have to go home and stay home. I mean, in many ways, going home, going through all the journey, the travelling, and then coming back again and doing it all again in reverse, and then go. I don't know about whether it would work for me. No, I'm, I'm the same man as I look. I look at it and think, you know what? It took me. It took me a week to get myself my head around the fact that I was going away. I used to hate going away. You know, I've I've, I've publicised this many many times. So for me, it took and, and and I struggled for the first week being out there. So to to put myself through all that trauma again and again and again, it would be a case right. Just leave me until I break down mm. or. If you want me to stay out for this, I'm going to have to stay out for the longest period possible for, before you send me home. Because if you want me to come back in ten days, you might struggle. You might struggle to get me back. And that that for me, I I just we've said and gone round the houses far too much on this this sort of stuff. I've, I have said as well. I do trust Silverwood, Giles, Ashley Giles, Ed's well, not so much Ed Smith, but Ashley Giles, that they've got the players' welfare. We're not disputing that. Mm. But we're talking about trying to build a side. And my, my, in the, you know, in the back of my mind, I just worry that Joe Root is going to get his best Test eleven. Three days, four days before, four days before Brisbane first Test match in in the Ashes. Yeah. And if that happens, England don't stand up, have a prayer of winning the Ashes. Bolden, first delivery. Here's Axel Patel. Bolden. And no idea. Particularly when you think you've got a chance for a wicked off. Oh, oh. That was a crackerjack delivery. Here is uh, a again. Another appeal for leg before wicket. Up goes the finger. Joe Root's been given again. England's second innings is over. They've been dismissed for 81. Oh, some dismal memories from uh, England's batting collapses throughout the. Three, the uh, the well, the last three test matches, anyway, if not the first. You're listening to the Cricket Collective on Talksport Two with me, Neil Manthorpe, and Double Ashes winner Steve Harmison, reviewing the uh, test series between India and England. It was a baptism of fire for uh, England's young batsmen, and only two players scored over 200 runs in the series. That was the captain and the vice captain, Joe Root and Ben Stokes. For more on that and a broader look at uh, what went wrong for, for England and particularly their batsmen, we're joined by the former England batsman and a key part of our commentary team, Mark Butcher. Butch, there were six test matches on the subcontinent. In the first three of them, Joe Root scored 684 runs at an average of 114. In the second three, he scored 110 at an average of 18. It's very hard to um, <laughs> divorce those numbers from the results. Hello, Butch. Well, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, you know, he, he was 
by far and away England's best player. He is by far and away England's best player. I mean, um, you, you bring it down to ball statistics. Um, you know, Joe Root averages just under 50. Um, and there isn't another England batsman in the squad who averages above 40 in, in test match cricket. So that's, you know, that's, that's the, the broader picture of where England's batting lineup is at the moment. Um, you throw into the mix, uh, you know, a couple of, a couple of very, very tough um, surfaces in the, in the second and third test matches in which India's batting lineup, um, Rohit and Pant aside, struggled to score any runs in. And obviously Ashwin also made 100. Let's not forget about, about that. Um, and you have a recipe for uh, for some shocking looking numbers. Um, you know the, the collapses in the in the final two test matches didn't happen in a vacuum. Uh, particularly the collapses in the last test match. Actually, if you think about how difficult batting was in the in the second and third test against the spin, then they come on a wicket that is perfectly blameless. You know, just a, a regulation. Um, pitch in India, subcontinental type pitch, uh, but their brains have been scrambled by what had happened to them in the previous couple of games. So um, I, whilst I, I have sympathy, I also think that there are some, you know, that there are some issues there in terms of experience, which will only be bettered by playing more test matches um, and some obvious, obvious technical issues that have been exacerbated by, um, by, the, by those two test matches in the middle. But you talk about some technical issues or you know inexperience at that top of the order. That's where it seems to go wrong for England, that one, two, three. Johnny Bairstow mm. came in for the latter part of the tour. Um, but the, it, you know, it's your, it's just, uh, your um, field of exper- um, expertise is one, two and three. Mm. Would you have gone horses for courses? And what I mean by that is, would you have played somebody who is comfortable playing spin from the outset? And a name crops to mind is somebody like Keaton Jennings. Yeah, I mean, he, he he came up in a lot of discussions, didn't he, about getting a berth just just for this tour. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, I mean, England England and, and teams around the world are happy to do horses for courses um, when it comes to bowling attacks. They're less they're less inclined to do so um, for batting lineups. And, and one of the reasons behind that, Steve, I think, is is that if you look at what happened with with Johnny Bairstow in the, in the back end of the the series he came in for the last two tests I wouldn't have picked him for either because mm. even though Rory Burns uh, because let, because Lawrence was uh, sorry Crawley was always going to play Crawley only missed the first um, the first test match uh, the first two test matches because of that wrist injury otherwise he would have played and I think he would have stayed at number three and they would have gone Sibley Burns Crawley would have been their top three that would have been that's Joe Root's preferred top three um, pretty much from from the South Africa tour, even though Burns missed that one um, in South Africa because Crawley opened, didn't he? Um, so 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 that's what England would have done had there not been any injuries. Now the temptation was because Burns had had a, a couple of a couple of average Test matches was to bring Johnny in because Johnny played okay in Sri Lanka. He didn't pass fifty in Sri Lanka, but he played okay. But Johnny comes in completely cold. Um, metaphorically and literally having been walking the dogs on, on snow-covered moors in Yorkshire to come in to play against uh, this Indian attack at home on, on, a couple, on a really, really shocking pitch at, uh, at Ahmedabad in the first test. Um, and, and Rory Burns had had a couple of innings. He got 33 in the first innings and gave it away with a reverse sweep. Looked better in the, in the second test match in Chennai in the second innings and was just starting to figure out how he was going to survive and play and thrive and score runs. So I would have kept him in there. I wouldn't have made two changes. So uh, Crawley came in and, and, and to open, didn't he? 
So they left out Burns, and then they also uh, and then they also brought Bairstow in instead of Dan Lawrence. So you know you, you had two changes in the top three over the course of over the course of one Test match, and I, and I don't think that's the way to go because you need that experience of batting on those turning pitches, batting in India in those conditions in order to kind of learn and get better. But England sort of jettisoned that idea and then left themselves with guys who were coming in completely cold. And what, Johnny made, what, three ducks in four innings? Um, so, you know, I don't blame him for that, but I, I don't think he should have played. Which, um, it, just going back to Harmy's point about specialist conditions batsmen, you know, horses for courses. Mm. and So, um, I mean, you... you you certainly wouldn't back. Uh, you wouldn't um, have any doubts about Dom Sibley on a on a reasonably flat, predictable pitch against um, a four man pace attack. You know he'd mm. get stuck in, and he'd. Uh, I mean, he's already done that. You know, and he's. Uh, but he 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 didn't look comfortable at all against spin. Zach Crawley was out all seven innings uh, to left arm spinners. Um, yeah. And, and I just wonder whether we are actually heading for that. And we've got you know batsmen for different formats, bowlers for different formats. So we're going to heading down the conditions route as well. I mean, it's, it, it seems realistic. It, I mean, possible, yeah. But I mean, where are England playing the next? You know, they've got what have we just played. We've just played six Test matches. We've got eleven left in the calendar year, um, all of which are going to be played in in England and Australia. So you know, it's going to be a little while before we have to to think about that again, isn't it? Um, and, you know, again, I'll, I'll point to, you can point to England's failings and the fact that they might have picked Keane Jennings and he might have fared better. And now I think that's a, you can have, you can make that argument for sure. But I'd also point at somebody like Cheteshwar Pajara, who's one of the great defensive batsmen in world cricket, um, who managed to average, the, you know, 22 in this series. So it wasn't only England's batsmen that struggled. Um, and so, and to point the finger at some guys who have not played any test match cricket in India before, for having a shocker when a lot of their counterparts in, in India's top six also had a shocker, um, is being overly harsh. So Crawley, Pope, Sibley, you, you have the continuity tick for you. Um, what about um, Johnny Bairstow? Has he played his last test? Well, I don't think he's played his last test. I mean, the, the, the problem for Johnny is and always has been that he's kind of, that he's a jack of all trades and master of none. Um, and, you know, the, the, the break hurt him. Being sent home, uh, you know, after after the Sri Lanka, having having that break come there, um, didn't do him any favours at all. Um, and you know, Josh Butler seems to have nailed down the, you know, Josh Butler's his stock has gone up as a batsman um, by not being there in India. Um, you know, in, in England will have him back in. Ben Folks will go back to being sort of first reserve as, as wicketkeeper, as brilliantly as he kept. Um, he, you know, you're not able to keep the wolf from the door with a, with a volume of runs that will keep somebody like Butler out of it. And Johnny Bairstow will have to either bide his time uh, until a berth in the top order, you know, one to one to five or six comes up again, or hope that something happens to Josh Butler and England go with him as, as a wicket keeper batsman again. So, you know, it, I don't think it's his last test, but he's, he's just dropped down the pecking order once more. Uh, and finally, Butch, we talk about young players and the young players' um, continuity, trying to get them to learn. Silverwood spoke mm. about that. KP talked about that. We talked about it at length at the end of the game. Um, you know, if, if these if these young players get better by experience, mm. but are, is there a point where sometimes you think, you know what? Actually, the mental scars could out could outweigh that, and they could be in a position where you know, this this affects them mentally and also it shows other bowlers exactly where their weaknesses and faults are um yeah i mean that's that's always the case in test matches isn't it 
Um, you know, you, it's it's sink or swim in that environment anyway. Uh, but I, you know, I think that going back going back to what England had done prior to to this format series in India, Sibley has had a big tick at the top of the order. England had been regularly being able to post scores in the 400 and around their first innings. Which if you if you only go back, you only have to go back 18 months, and England were were, were three down for 50 virtually every single game. I know we've just <laughs> we've just had a scenario where we're seven down for 50 in, in India, but you know as I said that that's pretty extreme. In the run up to this. You know, winning the series in South Africa, posting big scores against the West Indies, the only game where they didn't, they, you know, they lost in that first test match of the, you know, post, uh, post-COVID. Um, you know, the, against Pakistan, etc. They did it in Sri Lanka. Um, and so the, there are guys there, but Oli Pope, I think, is a terrific young player. I really do. Um, and the, what's happened to him in this trip is not going to damage his confidence, I think. You don't average, you know, he was averaging nearly 60 in first-class cricket over the course of three seasons. You don't, you're not going to you're not going to turn that guy into somebody who doubts himself and is no good and doesn't learn and get better from the, from the uh, from the experience. But the one guy I think perhaps who, who perhaps comes out of this with a, with a bigger question mark than anybody else is perhaps Rory Burns, because Rory Burns missed out on a lot of the glory from the South Africa trip. He's also um, you know he's also sort of been left out now, having been talked about as a potential captain of the team, has now been left out halfway through the series in India. Didn't play in the Sri Lanka trip. He's kind of been, he's missed more cricket than he's played. And his numbers are not sort of irrefutable. So he had that, he averaged 40 against Australia in the, in the Ashes in 20, uh, 2019. And everyone was saying, wow, we've, we found one here. And now all of a sudden he found himself, finds himself out of the team. So he needs a good start in the county championship to get himself back as a sort of number one and number two at the top of the order in, uh, in English conditions again. Butch, I was wondering actually whether Rory Burns had uh, had been done a favour by by being left out of the last two tests. Well, I mean, yeah, possibly. But look, England by and large have kind of got have, have got their best their best players out there. There'll be you know there'll be people who will make a make a case for themselves. I mean, um, you know, uh, Hamid made the move to uh, to to, to uh, Nottinghamshire. From Lanks is kind of somebody that, that showed a massive amount of ability and, and potential on an India trip back in 2016 and disappeared without a trace. There, there are some young top order batsmen out there who will, try, who will be making a case to try and break in, and that's always the beauty of the start of a county summer, isn't it? You've got seven or so championship matches before the first Test matches start, and lots of people will be trying to make a case for being, uh, you know, one of the guys in the top three. Not least somebody like Dan Lawrence, who impressed in those last two innings of the tour. Um, who I think is, is just a shade outside of the outside of the top six, um, particularly batting more against Seam, um, Seam and Swing. But uh, you know he will throw his hat in the ring as well. Thanks for your time, Butch. Lovely to hear your no thoughts. Problem. Thank you. Still to come here on the Cricket Collective on Talksport Two, uh, with me Neil Manthorpe and former fast bowler, England fast bowler Steve Harmison. We'll discuss more of the rest and rotation policy um, and debate whether it's too early to make any hard and fast judgments about it. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados. Truly the best place to be a cricket fan. The rotation system, as you've just mentioned, uh, I mean, I'm happy with that. No human being can possibly go on for uh, that many number of games throughout the year. Everyone needs to find windows of having some time off. You don't want to rest. You don't want to take the dog out. You want to get playing again because I'm in the groove. I'm in four. As a player, never ever get dropped or never ever rest for a series that can define your career. And that's all I'm saying. Interesting thoughts from some legends of the game there. You're listening to the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2 with me, Neil Manthorpe, and uh, Double Ashes winner Steve Harmison. If you've missed any of the show so far or you want to catch up, you can listen back to the podcast available via the free TalkSport app um, wherever you get your podcasts. Now then, uh, we're going to be talking rest and uh, rotation. But before uh, we get on to that, and we'll hear from uh, Chris Silverwood on that subject as well, but on a, on a positive note... Um, and you would expect the England head coach to be positive, but on an optimistic note, despite the 3-1 series loss, uh, Silverwood still believes that uh, his team, naturally, has the talent and the ability to be the number one test team in the world. The vision that Joe and I have got is that we become world number one. Uh, not only we do that, but we stay there. And I think you know, we've got the talent in there to do that. You know, we've got a very good mix of experience and youth in there. And, you know, I mean, not everything's going to go our way. I mean, we know that, but equally, you know, I mean, we... We have won you know, in six test matches in a row and you know, I mean, been successful in the subcontinent as well. It's not always going to go our way, but we know that. You know what I mean? We know that we're not the finished article. Um, and we knew India were going to be a very tough side to beat in their own backyard. But I think, as I said earlier, the experiences that the lads have got throughout this tour will stand them in good stead and will obviously see the rewards of that further down the line. 
Maybe, Harmi, we're just the victims, you and I, and many other many other listeners of our uh, our upbringing and our background, and the fact that we have become so accustomed to the way things work. You would know that more on the field, obviously, than I would. But you know, um, it just seems that if you want to be number one in the world, um, but you are going to have a premeditated, uh, pre prescribed schedule of, of of leaving, and so you know, you, you might be in the middle of an Ashes series and your match winner, um, who scored 180 or took uh, 7 for 60 uh, in that test match to put you 1-0 up, is then on the plane home. Um, and that was decided a month before. It's going to be really hard to become number one in the world if if, if that's y- y- the way you're going to go about series, I guess. I mean, I, you know, we understand it comes from a good place, right? Absolutely comes from a good place. And, uh, and there's nothing wrong with having... You know, them mindsets because you, it's the well-being of your players. But if you want to be number one in the world at test match level, prioritise for that. We prioritised to be number one in the world and win the World Cup. And we did that. We First-class cricket changed. And I've, I've got Beamy bond about first-class cricket as well, but I'll come on to that later. But first-class cricket changed, start of the year, end of the year, to prioritise one-day cricket in the middle to give our players the best chance to being ready for a 2019 World Cup. England won it. Brilliant. Absolutely fantastic. Things have to change now to give England the best chance to be number one in the world if that's what Chris Silverwood says is their goal and steer there. But when you're sending Josh Butler home, who's played a lot of cricket in India for three out of the four test matches when you won the first one, Mo and Ali for the same reason and then Johnny Besto, you're not telling me you're prioritising trying to get number one in the world because you're not going to win test series. You're not going to win test matches. You can possibly do it in England where your bigger pool of players play and it's easier to drip feed other players in. But when you are trying to win a series in India, yes, it is doubly difficult with the way India play, but at least give yourself the best chance. Not one player should have gone home during that four test match series. For the simple fact is England should have had their best 11 and give it everything they've got. Kevin Peterson is spot on what he said. Marquee series, you do not want to miss. Career-defining series, you do not want to miss. This was Joss Butler's chance to come in at number seven, score 100, 200s in in eight innings and be renowned as one of the best wicketkeeper batsmen. Kevin Peterson did that in Mumbai. You know, everybody talks about Kevin Peterson and what a great innings he did in Mumbai. You know, these are the career-defining series, India away. And for me, England won't get to number one in the world if they keep chopping and changing with their key players going home in big series. So the issue is not whether England have enough high-quality players, because I I think they do, um, you know, particularly in the white ball formats. And we've seen that, you know, I reckon on that tour of uh, South Africa that was cut short at the end of last year, they had, they they could have put two 11s onto the field and they would probably both have beaten South Africa. The point is, but it's like having a, a garage full of uh, fantastic racing cars. You, you need, they all need to be, working and you know you can't leave it in the garage for three months and take it out and expect it to perform at its best you need to tune it and change the oil and look i mean that's maybe not a very good analogy but do do you know what i mean you know so that they might have 16 or 17 players capable of uh, performing at test match but they need they need cricket in their legs they need not only do they need cricket in their legs but they need confidence going with it and confidence going with it was England had won a test match. They had just won two test matches in Sri Lanka. They won a test match in India, first test match. 
you know, the confidence must have been sky high, absolutely sky high. And then they send one of the best players home. And Josh Butler, for 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 whatever, yeah, he's, he's become a better player not being there. And that is, I just, man, as I look at it and think in test match, to be number one in the world, you've got to win a lot of test matches. How do you win a lot of test matches? You need to get into tight situations and finding ways to win because they're the ones that get you to number one in the world. Games that you dominate are the games that are mapped out where you win a toss on a flat pitch, you dictate the game and you score runs. The, the, games, that, the games that get you to number one in the world are the second and third test matches when there's a little bit in the surface, there's a bit of, it's a bit 50-50, you are, somebody's going to have to put their hand up and when you're in that position, more often than not, the teams that are the, the best teams that are equipped or the best teams that have been in that situation and can call on experience are the ones that get to number one in the world. Well, if, you, if, you cons- if you're constantly chopping and changing, then you're not going to have the experience of getting in them situations and getting out in a positive way. And that, for me, is the problem with the rotation policy. My, mental well-being is ahead of anything else. Yes, that's fine. I look at this and think all these players that have gone home could have gone home during the white ball leg. Mm. Joss Butler, Moen Ali, Johnny Bairstow have played franchise cricket around the world. The drop in three, four days, five days before the first one, the white ball game of a series, they get accustomed to where they're playing. They get used to the people they're playing with. They go out and play. This England white ball team are, are so in tune with what's going on. If, if they had to chop and change, they'd still be relatively effective because winning a 2020 game or winning a, a, a one-day international is not the same as having to bat for five hours, six hours, you know, bowl 25, 30 overs in a, in a first innings to try and get yourself into a winning position in a test match. Test match cricket is tough and people have to learn how to play and how to, to, be, you know, to evolve in the game. And I just don't think that's happening. That's, and that's my problem with the, the rest and rotation policy. Neither of us is suggesting for a moment that it's easy just to walk uh, straight back into an international team. Absolutely. Um, but, but, it's, but it might be easier to do it in, in a white ball format. Shorter format, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So let's just remind ourselves um, of what Chris Silverwood said about being pre- proactive in, in looking after the mental health of the players. We do need to keep them fresh and firing because test matches do come thick and fast in difficult conditions, especially here. Uh, But equally, to keep the the players mentally fresh is very important as well because you want them, when they're out on the park, you want them to be concentrating on the cricket in front of them. You want them to be happy, you want to be settled. And sometimes that means seeing your family. Uh, And it's it's difficult, you know what I mean? And the families want to see, you know what I mean, the dads, the husbands, or whoever it is as well, you know what I mean? So it's, I think that we've done it to the best of our ability. I think it's worked. You know, I mean, it's certainly something we'll, we'll reflect on as well, obviously, uh, after this tour to make sure that we are getting things right. Is there anything we can learn from it? And obviously try and do things as well as possible moving forward as well. As I said earlier, I mean, we look at the amount of cricket we've already played and you look at the amount of cricket we've got in front of us, then we have to be proactive in looking after our players because I don't think it's acceptable to push somebody until the break and then try and pick them up. Then I think, you know, I mean, we've got to be proactive and make sure that we, we make the intervention before anybody does break and we can get them back. Here is Ashwin again. Bowled him! Dan Lawrence has a swing at Art Ashwin and he's bowled him for 50 fine rearguard innings from Lawrence, but England have been bowled out for just 135. India win by an innings and 25 runs to wrap up the series by three test matches to one, confirming their place 
in the World Test Championship. You're listening to the Cricket Collective here on TalkSport 2 with me, Neil Manthorpe, and Steve Harmison. We're looking back at uh, India's 3-1 series win against uh, England and in the final part of the show we'll be going to India to find out about uh, how uh, the series win is going has gone down there we're joined on the line by a broadcaster and writer, writer Chetan Narula uh, Chet so uh, it wasn't uh, too long ago that uh, India losing the first match of a series would be a cause of great concern and they would have found it difficult to come back but it's now becoming a bit of a habit and a rather nice one <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Neil. Uh, yes, absolutely. I mean, uh, it all started in Australia, has carried on to England. Um, it's a little uncomfortable still when they're traveling when they're traveling overseas and they lose the first test uh, of the series because sometimes it's not easy to come back from that. But as long as uh, they're showing this sort of elite mentality and uh, the wherewithal to come back from uh, defeat in this manner, and when I say this manner, it's not just the English series but also the Australian series. I hope they can keep doing it again and again. How? Um, is the World Test Championship being treated and regarded in, in India? I mean, I, I I get the sense, and I may be wrong here, that because of Virat Kohli's great passion for Test cricket, that it's, it's had an infectious um, effect on not only the rest of the team, but hopefully the, the country. I mean, are there, is there a great anticipation and looking forward to that, that game? I'll give you three words, Neil. World Cup final. That is how it is being seen as. For us, it's no less than a World Cup final. I mean, for the first time in the history of Test cricket, there's going to be a World Test champion. Um, it has given greater significance to Test cricket, I would say. And yes, Virat Kohli's passion on the field really helps wonders. Um, the fact that it was a tough road for India in the World Test Championship, they needed to win in Australia, which was which is nearly impossible, isn't it? Um, I think that and the manner that they won there, I think that has given a lot of people interest, renewed a lot of people's interest in the Test format. And of course, this series win as well. Um, like I said, it's being treated as a World Cup final. And uh, let me tell you one more thing. Last year, when the T20 World Cup was... Uh, cancelled and postponed to this year and next year, there was a lot of disappointment. So the ICC events garner a lot of attention from the Indian cricket fans and this has got this is going to be no different whatsoever. And Jaden, they, they talked about the, the passion that Virat's got for, for Test Match cricket, but he's not hmm. under pressure, but he needs to score some runs because he's he's He's, um, he, he hasn't he hasn't been the, the Virat Kohli of old, along with the likes of Pachara and Rahani. Is that the surfaces they've been playing on, or just the three of them in a little bit of a bad form? No, I think for the first time in his career, I think Virat Kohli is uh, going through a lean form because I was just checking his statistics. I mean, across formats, the last time he scored 100 was November 2019. Yes, he didn't play for a lot, lot of uh, 2020, but it's been 15 months. He's played quite a bit of cricket across formats. His cross-format average has fallen to 38, which is earlier 55-56. So, yes, we can say for the first time he's uh, he's going through a lean patch. But again, it's Virat Kohli we're talking about, one of the best batsmen in world cricket. And he's shown us the glimpses of Virat of old. I mean, you look at the Adelaide knock or you look at the knock in Chennai, the second test match, second innings. He's been dogged. He's been determined to score those runs. And he's looked a million bucks at the crease whenever he's got past 50, if I can say so. It's just that starting point. Uh, it's starting to trouble him a lot more. I mean, some of the dismissals that we saw within the first 10 deliveries, like the Moin Ali dismissal, and he was just stunned that he had been bowled through the gate. How dare you bowl me through the gate? Or, in fact, uh, this fourth test match when the ball bounced a bit too high for him and he played at it. So, 
these are uncharacteristic dismissals. So I think he just needs to buckle down, tighten it up uh, when he's batting at the crease, just be the Virat, the batsman and not the captain. And I think it'll be fine. On the subject of the World Test Championship, I think everybody that follows cricket, in particularly test cricket, realises that uh, the whole concept and the whole format was very, very, very far from perfect when it was uh, first introduced. And that was way back in 2013. Then it was postponed and then it was postponed again. And eventually we finally got to the situation where each team plays six series varying from two tests to to five tests against different opponents. And then COVID comes along and half of them get cancelled. And then you have a percentage, average percentage of points to get to the... I mean, it was... Um, it, it was, it, as I said, a very, very far from perfect system became even more imperfect. But Ravi Shastri, the India coach, talking about it, if nothing else you can glean from this, that <laughs> there is passion for the event. Yes, if you ask me the problems uh, in the first cycle, please don't shift the goalposts midstream. Okay? I'm sitting at home in COVID, right, in the month of November. You have got more points than any other team in the world. 360 at that time. Suddenly, a week later, without playing cricket, there's some rule that comes that they're going to go on percentage system where you go from number one to number three in a week. Fine. That's because of countries not wanting to travel to countries that are in the red zone or whatever. All acceptable, you know, fine. Now, I want to understand the logic behind this because what is the way forward for me? I have two tours left sitting on top of the table comfortably by leading by 60-70 points as opposed to any other team. They say, no, you have to go to Australia. I say, okay. What have you to do in Australia? You have to beat Australia. Yeah. Now, how many teams in 100 years or last 10 years have gone to Australia and you can say guarantee will beat Australia? Now, the reason I'm saying this is you're sitting on top of the table, 360. Percentage system, you have to go to Australia to beat Australia. If you don't beat Australia, you come back home and beat England 4-0, you get close to 500 points, you still don't qualify. We have had to dig deep. We have had to go down every hole that's needed to find water. We found it and we've earned our stripes to be in the final of the World Test Championship, the biggest trophy in the world with 520 points. So, no more, don't ask me about the next cycle. First address this cycle. Well, having a having a moan about it, Ted, as I said, at least it shows that he and India care. Um, a word about that, and then where to from for India from here? Oh no, I think he's absolutely right. Yes, uh, he has a bit of a grouse there, uh, but I think it's absolutely fair. I mean, it was uh, it was rather amusing that Anil Kumble was uh, was the head of the committee, and then and they decided that okay, percentage points are now going to be in vogue when there was not much cricket being played. Uh, either they could have started from zero, they could have started from scratch and scrapped the all the points that had been earned at that stage, or they could have said, you know what, uh, let's 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 do the percentage points the next time round. See, I like the percentage points because it gives every test match incentive when the series are not equal, two tests, three tests, five tests. Good, perfect. But you can't, again, you can't change it midway through the tournament. I mean, I mean you yes, the pandemic, yes, this and that, but... You can't change the rules of the game. But for me, the biggest surprise was that Anil Kumble was the head of the committee that signed up on this or said, OK, you know what, let's change the rules. Um, but like I said, and like like Ravi said, there's no other team that deserves more because simply they had to beat Australia in Australia. 4-0 in India against England wouldn't have been good enough if they had lost in Australia. So, 
he's absolutely right. India have earned it and hopefully we'll get a great final. And the last time India played in a T20 World Cup final, that was 2007. Um, the first time it happened, it did wonders for the T20 format. So hopefully this will be a boost in the arm for uh, Test cricket as well because it needs it. And like I said, and, and you asked where next for India from here. I mean, obviously they'll play the ODIs and T20s. Looking forward to that. Better pitches, batsman friendly. I think it'll be more of a challenge because England have obviously uh, been looking forward to the T20 World Cup and India are preparing for that as well on their home soil. So it's going to be a cracker of a T20 series. Chetan Arula, thank you so much for your time. We've loved your contributions throughout the series and enjoy the white ball games. Thank you so much. Well, Homie, we we somehow need to, to learn from the Test Series um, and yet move on uh, at the, in the same breath. Um, do we just draw a line under it and say India were much better than England and uh, hopefully we'll be better next time? I mean, you sort of need to learn and move on because that's the nature of the game. It moves forward very quickly at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. I think as long as they learn from it, as in individuals, I think hopefully in a year's time when we go on tour again Australia and beyond will not be in such restrictive COVID world in a way where we you know, our players don't need to be rest and rotated and we can the, the the experiences that they've had during this series will will bear fruition so you know fingers crossed on that front where did it go um I think I think England are in a decent place they've got a decent pool of players to play outside of the subcontinent Possibly the subcontinent might have to have a rethink on our personnel. But did we learn? How can we improve? Did we learn all that stuff that comes? Well, the one thing I did learn out of it, Root is still a world-class performer. Anderson is still the best best seam bowler ever to play the game. Stoke showed in that last test match. His effort was brilliant. Leach, 18 wickets at 28. You know, he did what a backup type or a, a spinner would. Pleased with Lawrence, who was excellent in that last test match. I think he's got something that we need to you know, to push on and explore. But the rest, I'm afraid, Manners, it was a bit like my school report, must do better. <laughs> it's been great working with you once again, Harmy. And Thank you, you, pal. Thank you. You've been listening to the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2. It's our review of England's uh, Test Series defeat against India. If you missed any of the show or you wish to catch up, you can listen back to the podcast available via the free TalkSport app and wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, a final thank you from me to the brilliant Scott Taylor, who puts uh, the Cricket Collective together. Very fine producer indeed, and without whom the show would not be possible. Don't forget, TalkSport 2 will have every ball of England's five T20s and three ODIs against India starting this Friday. We'll be on air at 12.30 ahead of a 1.30 start. Thanks for listening to the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you're keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe, 
for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mm. 